Hey, welcome to the Jesus, Sex, and Politics podcast. I'm Micah. And I'm Nathan. And here we talk about all those things that culture doesn't want to talk about. That will scare you. Well, Nathan, we've uh, had, I said this, I think, last time with uh, Senator Zay, but we've had some great guests uh, on the we phone. We always have great guests. We also have great guests that are in the studio sometimes. And today, always better when they're here with that's us. That's true. We love it when they're in person. And so we've got a great guest today. Fascinating story on an amazing journey. Uh, we have Jamie Rittenauer joining us in the studio. Jamie, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Great to yes. Have yeah. yeah. Well, uh, Jamie, tell us a little bit about what you're doing. You've got a really interesting uh, interesting story, and we're about politics here. We love politics, uh, but we love Jesus more, and I think you embody uh, just that spirit really well. So tell us what you're doing. Thank you. Yeah, so I am running for governor Whoa! in the state of Indiana. Running for governor. 24 coming a, up here. So It's a big one. Um, I love it. Super yep. excited. You know, it's a calling. And um, I was trying to explain callings to my children, right? So what I said was, you know, around our house, we all have our different responsibilities. We're all there. We're all functioning as a family. But every now and then I'll say to my oldest son, Joshua, I'm going over here. I need you to take care of Benjamin. I'll call him out and ask him to do something. And so a calling is just simply when the Lord calls you out of something and says, I want you to do this. Um, and so that's what happened in my life. It is a calling. It's something that took place over five years ago. Um, I heard a whisper over my heart. I don't mind sharing it. And I want to be really clear with all of the, the listeners that the reason why I'm very clear about the calling is because when you're called by the Lord, you have a choice. You can put your hand in or you can rely on God's hand. If you put your hand in, then you will end up getting the credit. If you leave it in God's hands, then he gets all of the glory. And so um, for myself, I am very, it is very important to me that I explain the story correctly. And so over five years ago, I heard a whisper over my heart that simply said, you're going to be the governor of the state of Indiana. Um, I had no interest in being involved in politics, although I did do a blog for a little while, a mom on politics, right in that 2016 timeframe where we saw the Republican Party coming forth with all those 16 candidates, and there was a real uh, tidal wave that went through the Republican Party. Um, I felt like at that time, it was important for me to reach out to moms and tell them like, hey, it's important that you pay attention. Something's happening here. And so in 2016, I really started watching the party very closely, um, voted Republican my whole life. And so I was really intrigued by the debates that were taking place, um, obviously, when President Trump came in and just really um, shook things up a bit, if we can say it that way. Um, and so, yeah, I started then with my interest, but never had a desire to be truly involved as a representative. And then we came here to Indiana, we're called here. So the Lord confirmed that in his word um, for my husband and I. And, and where, where did you come from? Yeah, so we are from Michigan. Yes! Yeah, right? right. So it's Me kind too. of funny. Yeah. I, I want to be, so my husband's from Michigan. You'll hear my voice. I my, my parents are in the military. So when you ask a question about, you know, where are you from, it's hard to say where we're from, right, when you're in the military. So I have spent a lot of my time in California. So I talk a little wah, fast. Wah, wah. I know, the, the I communist, do. I talk a little fast, right? Communist Republic of California. Yeah, that is so true. Um <laughs> So yeah, so Nathan is from Michigan. So we were in Michigan. Um, God called us to Indiana. We came here. Um, he whispered that over my heart. And I put that on the shelf. And I just waited for the Lord's confirmation. So your husband's name is Nathan. 
yesterday. Okay, so just so the listeners know, when yes. we start, when you start talking about Nathan as that's your right. husband, There's we're two. not talking about the Nathan no, on the other right. microphone. But you so. know what's yeah. funny is she just said I, I didn't ask her that before the show because yeah. just so you know, those of you that are listening out there, <laughs> Micah is the Gestapo on pre-conversation. You know, pre-show. <laughs> See what a what a it's just un. That's. <laughs> It's I not will swearing. Oh, it's it's censorship. <laughs> but she was telling me she has a she has a Caleb. She has a Benjamin. I do. She has a Jordan. I'm like, I we do. have all those names in our field. Exactly. I love biblical names. Yeah. So, so yeah. go ahead. For a reason. Yeah. So Nathan and you come we come do. down from Michigan. We came over. Uh, we came down, I should say, into Indiana, and we got established here. Um, you know, very long story short, we had a big situation happen with our home and it led to um, some discoveries that ended up actually um, showing some errors uh, that is, well, I'll just put it this way. Um, there was a city that was doing something that was not right to the community, to the community citizens, and I got involved in it. Um, so it involved the AG's office. Um, I did an investigation. It was about a sewer backup, and it led to a lot of information that was just kind of crazy to see. Um, and so went through that, and um, at the end of that investigation with the AG, they helped the community, but kind of told the Rittenauer family, sorry, we said that we could help you, but we're not going to be able to do what we said, so you're on your own. you got to go to court if you're going to go any further. And so, you know, court's expensive. Um, I've worked with lawyers before. Part of my job as a compliance manager was to be a liaison with the legal teams. So when somebody tells you, go get a lawyer, it's not like you're like, yay, okay, let's do that, you know? <laughs> so I prayed about it, and the Lord just told me, you represent your family. And so for the past two years, I've represented my family in court pro se. Wow. And um, we're at a point in time where you can see it's a public record where we're at. So um, the, the hearing should be in August, but we'll try to take care of things a little sooner. So, so you've basically been acting as a lawyer. That's and and doing I love that. That's great. You're just taking the bull by the horns and saying and and you're you're allowed to do that. I mean, most people think you have to have a lawyer to be able to do anything in court and you can do it on your own and you can right. stand up and and fight for truth. Right. Yeah, just as a citizen. That's yeah. right. Well, this is America. Yeah. And you know, it's the it's the place where you can uh, achieve your dreams and everyone has the opportunity to do that. Um if you love the law like I do, um, you study it, you have to study case law, you have to understand the procedure. Probably the hardest part is the procedure. Mm -hmm. um, and so you have to understand procedure. And then um, you put your complaint together and you go through the process. So um, yeah, it's been it's been a lot. There's, there's a, a learning curve there that is, um, it was definitely seemed impossible. Um, but with God, all things are possible. So well, I've enjoyed it. And the thing that I could just see the Lord preparing you if he's moving you into right. being a governor. I mean, sure. 90% of what any politician does is is procedure. And you mm -hmm. and if you don't know the procedure, that means you don't know the game. That means you can't then be effective in the game to move that 10% of critical issue, uh, principled kind of convictions that you have, those core convictions. We got a lot of political leaders that are very strong in their core convictions, but they have no clue how to actually move that through the system because they don't know the procedures. And I think, right. you know, what God's doing here is teaching you how to, how those procedures work. And so that way you can be effective when he, when he moves you into the next, next season of leadership. Oh, so, absolutely. Yeah. And what a great segue, right? Because the church is very naive of the procedures that take place in government. Amen. That's right? that totally, 100%. That's right. Yep. And so what we do in our campaign, we have an arm that just deals with the church. 
That's good. And um, educating the church. Absolutely. God's word says, "My people perish for lack of knowledge." That's right. And that's why America is where it's at because the church doesn't know. That's right. What they don't know. That's right. Yeah. Without vision, the people perish. Yep. And so we build, we we bring, um, rebuild, revive, rejoice to the church. We believe now is the time, and the Holy Spirit has confirmed that through His Word. Um, so it's it's an exciting time. You know, the church has been shackled, right? She's been told to stand at bay, not to get involved in the um, obvious morals um, that are being discussed in politics. Everything's a political subject. Um, pastors can't talk about this at the podium or, or at the pulpit. Um, pastors can't weigh in on that candidate. Um, <laughs> which is why, which is why Nathan and I do it all the time. They don't obey. <laughs> <laughs> They're not listening. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Um, but we need more of that. Yeah. We need um, pastors that will stand and realize that um, the enemy has put a snare out for the church. You know, a snare when you think of like hunters that hunt animals. Those animals are, are running past, and, and they have certain paths that they're like always running. And you put that snare right in that path, and then when they run through that snare, they're caught. And the church has become very procedural in the way that she works, right? We have a certain time we meet on Sundays. I bet most people meet on Wednesday nights or Tuesday nights, right? So we're always running procedure over and over and over and over again. Um, and so we're not hard to snare, because everything we do is very traditional. You can look at what we do. You can see what we do. You know how we're going to act in a situation. And so um, the enemy has worked hard to snare the church. And when you look at COVID and what took place in COVID, you know, that was for a lot of people, um, maybe it, it felt like an oppressing time, but really it was an eye-opening time. It was an amazing time. Yeah, because yeah. It, it showed us where the snare was. Yep. Right? We needed to see it. We never would have known that we were so um, that we were so capable of having a government come in and order us around. We never would have known that we were that vulnerable had we not had COVID. Yeah. And so I think that during COVID, you know, though it was a time of a lot of um, searching for all of us, we um, even with I, I would say the elders of the church, just let's say you know church wide, nationwide. Um, the elders of the church, those that are older, that we look to, that walk by faith. You know, there was a time that of searching that had to take place. And um, I truly believe that that in that period of time where we were leaning into where are the leaders? You know, where is the word of wisdom? Where is the word of knowledge? Where is the prophetic word? We should hear this ringing out all over the nation. And as the body of Christ, we should be listening to that and saying, okay, the Holy Spirit is saying this. We're all going to do this because we're a body. We're not sheltered by walls. We are the body of Christ. We listen to the Holy Spirit. And yet that wasn't happening. And there was a snare that took place right at the beginning because the target was very much elders. Um, those that were older were seen as more vulnerable, which, you know, we, the COVID conversation is, is a whole nother ballgame. But the reality is that the enemy snuck in and he planted seeds of fear. And when that happened, instead of the church rising up by faith, we were really confused and I think that that was a time that really led to a lot of oppression. But the good news is that the Holy Spirit is the wonderful counselor. So he didn't go on break. 
God didn't turn his back. The Lord wasn't up in heaven and saw COVID happening. Went, wow, can you believe that just happened? Like that didn't happen. I wish someone would have let me know that that was, uh, that China was going to do that. Yeah. You know, that didn't happen. Like he knew it was going to happen. And as it says in his word, what Satan is weaving for evil, God is reweaving for good. Right. And so, um, so it's exciting right now to see the church having woken up, seen that period of time, um, the elders now searching their heart. Uh, moms and dads saying, you know what, we need to stand. And so what we bring to the table as our campaign is we build, we, we bring Rebuild, Revive, Rejoice, that now is the time for the church to stand. There's many different areas where we can play a role. We don't have to be on the front steps of the state house to be involved. We can strategically place ourselves according to our gifts and how we've been equipped in our experiences and we can see the state of Indiana like a city on the hill by the power of God. And so I'm excited for what God's doing right now. That's amazing. I love it. I don't think, Nathan, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think I've ever heard a uh, candidate or a future politician and uh, or a politician uh, on being able to speak with that much clarity about God's word. I mean, a lot of, I know a lot of candidates and politicians who who are Christians and they they love the Lord, but from what I'm hearing, just and this is what I loved about Jamie from the first time I got to to hear her speak. This was probably six, seven months ago, and uh, it's like the the word of God just ex- just flows out of her. And you know when it's authentic with somebody because every conversation it comes from a perspective. Well, what does God's word say? What does God's well? God's word says this, so this is what, how we deal with this issue. And I, I love I that about you. I can explain to yep. you why that is. Well, what, what? Please, oh great, oh great, wise Nathan, uh, you are the let elder. Me, let me the elder of this. Elder. Yeah. Let me pontificate <laughs> about uh, exactly why that is. Uh, because a lot of our politicians don't know the word of God. That's right. They they're they're lawyers, but they're not lawyers for God's word, mm. right? And and so, you know, when something is coming from from experiential knowledge, right? That's where you're not supposed to have knowledge of something as a Christian. You're supposed to have experiential knowledge, yeah. right? You can you can clearly hear that. Even the idea of talking about the calling, you know, I, I, I too have experienced the call of God in my life. That's right. You know, I was 14 years old when God told, told me, hey, I'm calling you into the ministry. Mm-hmm. Come preach the gospel, preach it to young people. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a calling... Uh, it doesn't always make sense. Like if I looked at me, mm-hmm. you know, my mom told me when I was 25, she didn't think I'd ever learn to read. Mm. You know, I, she, <laughs> I was very frustrating <laughs> as far as a kid. Thank, thank now, you, mom. Yeah, for she your didn't tell me that until I was 25. That's right. I told her, I, I said, that, <laughs> I was going to say, did you not know how to read when you were 25? I, I, I was just a terrible student, <laughs> cried about everything. Just, there was a lot of reasons why I thought, why, why probably a lot of people thought God couldn't use me. But mm. what you said about the glory of God, Mm-hmm. I, I want to come back to that because yeah. because Gideon has you know all these tens of thousands and God says it's too much. Mm-hmm. I need anybody who's afraid go home. You know, like That's right. he 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 widows it. He 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 um he winnows it down yes. because when God does something and it's God only, He can get the glory for it. That's right. And the thing about God is that God doesn't like to share glory. That's right. He just doesn't. He wants to use who he uses. So a long shot by some people's estimation Mm -hmm. that God would never use that person because Mm -hmm. is exactly who God likes to use. Mm -hmm. He finds Gideon Mm -hmm. 
calls him a mighty warrior when Gideon doesn't feel like a mighty warrior. He's hiding, at all, right? He's, right? <laughs> he's he's throwing out all these things. Lord, uh, could 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 you just could you just talk to me about that? Oh, thank you for talking to me. About, could you talk to me again? Exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. And, and so a calling doesn't mean that that there's zero fear. It just means that bravery has to come up to mm. say, am I going to walk in that or not? Mm. Even the idea that you're saying that God told me I would. Mm-hmm. There's people that right now, they go, yeah, well, let's see. Mm-hmm. There's uh, in, in the, on, on the left, they're going to be like, oh yeah, sure. God doesn't speak. Well, we know <laughs> there isn't we, a God. Yeah, right. What they'll yeah, say. Exactly. You know, yeah. God's not knowable. But God's mm-hmm. will is knowable in the That's world, right. and and if if the Lord points you in a direction, the calling, whether it appears crazy to other people's eyes or not, is where the the believer who knows His Word comes back and goes, "Yeah, I just can't do anything but this." That's right. I have to do this That's because right. there's nothing else I can do and be obedient. That's right to to His voice. Absolutely. So to hear you talk about that is so foreign mm. to so many you know we, we interview lots of uh, of people that are in politics on this show but that to me speaks super loudly i i i want you to know that's my native language mm-hmm. and i love it well it's yeah. faith if, absolutely it is faith faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god that's right, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. and so you know in ephesians right for we are his workmanship created in christ jesus for good works i bring a message to the bride of christ right you were created in christ jesus for good works okay you're not created to be those that are shackled by laws you're created in christ jesus for good works and so whether you're the mom that's inside the home and you're taking care of your children or you're the president of this company, you were created in Christ Jesus for good works. People ask me all the time, are you going to be on stage talking about the Lord? And I say to them, of course I am. Of course I am. Because here's the thing, and you learn this in COVID, every single leader in this world is giving you advice based on their belief system. Don't you think you should know what that is? Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. Even if you don't know Jesus or want to know Jesus, we live in, we live in America. My parents both served in, both my mom and dad served in the military. So I absolutely uphold our right, our freedom to worship. What I am saying is when you want to know how I make my decisions, I am showing you the word of God. I am showing you that I pursue wisdom. The wisdom of God is pure, it's peaceable, it's unbiased and willing to yield. I am showing you that whenever there is a problem, I seek first the kingdom Amen. and his righteousness. And I believe that all other things will be added. If you are in the world and you went through COVID, I don't care who the elite are that you're listening to, you know there's a problem. You know there's darkness. You feel it in your heart, you know it in your home, and you're looking for hope. And what I bring you is I bring you the eternal hope of Jesus Christ. And I tell you that the bride of Christ is being exhorted to rise up and stand and to take your place as servants of the people in your community. And so it is an exciting time because the Lord is bringing his confirmation. He's brought it through the prophetic that there is a birthing of revival. He's brought it through his word. I studied the book of Nehemiah when he gave me this call. And as I did, 
um, I begin to get this vision for the state of Indiana. If you're a leader, if you have the gift of leadership, which by the way, that's totally a commercial break, but if you don't know what your gifts are in the Lord, you should know. Amen. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ and you do not know what your gifts are, you need to go to Corinthians. You need to look at chapter 12, Romans chapter 12. You need to study what the gifts are and you need to find out what your role is in the body of Christ because we operate as a body. We move outside of walls because the Holy Spirit is he that unites us. We take our orders from the Holy Spirit. Who is my campaign manager? The Holy Spirit. It's That's awesome. how that works. Love it. And trust you don't me, have to pay him either. I, yeah. You don't. You don't. And I'm, I'm a, telling you. He's the best campaign manager at the absolute best price that we could ever <laughs> wish for in the political well, world. And, and not just no that, he's, he's, the scripture never. says that he is our counselor. That's and right. it's not our therapist. He is our war Wonderful counselor. counselor. Yeah. That's right. That's, right. That's what it's That's for. That's right. Absolutely. So we're excited. We're excited to cast this vision. As I say, I was in the book of Nehemiah. I started with King Josiah. Um, again, if you are a leader, you lead diligently. That's what the word says with that gifting. Um, and so leaders that lead diligently, they come with vision. If you want to know why we're flipping around in Indiana and we kind of limp along, it's because there's no vision in this state. Oh, that's the truth. Um, and so we bring vision to the state, rebuild, revive, rejoice. And as we move forward, you'll also hear Indiana goodness, right? I would have lost heart had I not believed in the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Amen. If you're he or she that has lost your hope, it's because you're doubting God's goodness. And I'll repeat that because that's a word for many of you. You can't place what it is in your life that is making you so hopeless. It's because you're doubting the goodness of God. Let me, let me give you a, another example. Um, if you know C.S. Lewis, he wrote the Chronicles of Narnia, Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. And as you know, Aslan is a character of, uh, that, that gives you the picture of Christ in those books. And so uh, Beaver's at the table. I'll, I'll set the scene for you. Beaver's at the table, and he's sitting there with um, the four children, and Susan's there, and they're talking. And, and all of a sudden, Beaver says what? He says, we've heard that Aslan is on the move, right? And so then Susan's kind of listening to the conversation, and, and she says, um, is Aslan, is Aslan safe? And, and what does Beaver say? A phenomenal answer. He says, I tell you he's the king of the forest, paraphrasing. I tell you he's, the, he's the, the king of the forest. And you ask me if he's safe. He's not safe. He's good. Mm, love it. Do you hear, Christian? There's nothing in Christianity that says safe. What it says is that he's good. And you know how many times, and that resonates, like we, we say that often here during 2020 and 2021, the COVID season, we, we have a great uh, line that we took from Beth Grant yeah. that says, God has not called us to, to live, be, to be safe. To be safe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's told us to be ready. To be ready. That's right. And, and that's the, that's 2020, the church in America I always heard people say, stay safe out there, stay safe. You know, it's the COVID's out there, be safe. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, even that, just even unconsciously, we're, we're, we're training ourselves to think safety is God's ultimate desire yeah. for us. Yeah. I mean, I, look at how many churches shut down out of an abundance mm -hmm. of safety, mm -hmm. right? An abundance of caution and safety. We want to we wanna be, first and foremost, be safe. And I, I, I was working at a church at that, in that time, and I, I pushed back. I said, show me in Scripture where God says, right. out of abundance of safety, we need to be cautious. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it's like, and they were like, well, yeah, we can't show you that. And I was like, yeah, you can't because it's not in there, so stop saying it and stop, right. and stop living that way. That's right. 
And so, and so I love this, that you've got a vision, you're bold, you understand that you serve a good God, not a okay. safe God, That's right. and he's calling you into a political environment that I think every pastor in Indiana and in America at, at has to understand that it is not a safe place to go. I recognize that. Nathan yeah. recognized. We know it's not safe, mm-hmm. but boy, I love going there because it, right. it's exciting. That's and right. it, and it, you're, you, the purpose comes, you, you come alive when you're like, oh yeah, this is the battle that God is preparing us for and he's calling us into. So tell, tell us a little bit about as you travel the state, Sure. what are churches saying? Because you're going into the church world. The church is obviously is going to be your base mm-hmm. in this campaign, mm-hmm. which I think is great. That's mm-hmm. an awesome base to have. What are pastors saying when they when they talk to you, say, "Well, Jamie, you're wow, we can see the love of God in your life. You you obviously love the Lord, uh, but I don't know. I'm a pastor, and this is real. This is not really my lane. Like, what what can I do as a pastor in the political world? What does that happen? What do you are you yeah. encu- are you encountering that? Well, yeah. There's really there's kind of two answers that I get. There's the pastors that have been stirred up in the spirit and they're ready, and they just know. I come to the conversation. They already know. Yeah. God's already prepared their hearts, and they are ready to go. They're like, when are you going to come speak next? Yeah. Um, and then there are the pastors that don't understand how to move forward. They're very timid. Um, they won't speak against the calling because, again, I bring a calling that, you know, I was saying before, I studied the book of Nehemiah. I went to King Josiah, then I went to Nehemiah, and um you know, Nehemiah is that rebuild, revive, rejoice. And so you have to know that as I'm studying and getting this vision, right, for for our team and for the state, um, I'm there early in the morning, like six o'clock in the morning, meeting this gal. She's late. I always know when people are late, like it's don't be upset about it. God's in it. So I sit there, I start my devotions and I get this like stirring in my heart. And I know God is about to tell me something. You know, that feeling that you get when you're in the word of God and you cannot turn the pages fast enough, but yet you're trying to pay attention to every word because you don't want to miss what he's trying to tell you. And as I'm doing that, I start studying the the word Nehemiah, his name, which by the way means comforter. We can go there later. And so I'm looking there at all of these verses with Nehemiah. And all of a sudden I see this verse in chapter eight, verse nine, and Nehemiah, who was the governor. Mm. Mm. See, when I walk by faith, I don't just walk because the Lord put something in front of me. I look for his confirmation. He gave me his word. I went to Panera, I met with a gal there, and twice people came up to me and spoke into my life. One woman came to me and said, the Lord has put in you a love for people that's more than your family, and you need to follow that love. Just walked right up in Panera. The next week, a man came and said, do you know that the people do not know how much the father loves them? He gave his son and he looked right at me and he said, you have a calling in your life and it is for your future and you need to allow the Lord to renew your mind. And he pointed to his mind and he said that you might approve what is the pure and acceptable will of God. And he Mm. walked right out. Wow. So I've had the confirmation. That actually sounds more like an angelic encounter because oh, I'm like, I mean, I'm like, what? What person in Indiana like speaks Panera, that way at Panera? Right. I I looked God, whenever God. he left. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. You're like looking yeah. for him. He wasn't there. Yeah. So. I'm like ah, that sounds like. But an I had angel. a witness. Yeah, I had a witness for both situations. That's so. awesome. God doesn't do anything in this world that he first doesn't tell his prophets. Yeah. Mm. You know. 
And the book of Amos says that, you know, I think Nehemiah, we, we actually preached on Nehemiah in 2020. Oh, that's <laughs> build the wall, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's yeah. right. That was um, perfect. <laughs> yeah. And Micah actually. So you're pro building walls. I love it. I oh, love it. There Micah, we go. There he comes. <laughs> uh, Micah actually, his first Sunday was a portion of scripture. That's and right. I, and I, I, I told him, uh, Hey Micah, you know, when the text gives it to you, take your shots. We, we preach expository here at Life Church, right? So, Amen. so just let the Bible set the diet. The Holy Spirit wrote the Bible. That's right. Let it, let it set the diet. Mm-hmm. That's the next thing that people need to hear. Yes. And then we just trust that process. Yes. And so Micah comes in and his first message was about Nehemiah who had to punch somebody in the face, oh. you know? <laughs> And I'm like, like, I don't think this could have been (laughs) built better for you if, if you try, but it's, it's the, the, uh, actually, I don't, I don't, um, I don't care for where Andy Stanley is in in life, but he wrote a great book on Nehemiah Mm. called visioneering. Mm -hmm. If you haven't read that yet, I would highly recommend that. Mm -hmm. Um, but the, the, the concept of what a governor has to do Mm -hmm. and, Setting that vision before the people we call, we talk about the Nehemiah principle at Life Church mm-hmm. is the principle that every 25 days, people need to hear the vision again. That's because, great. you know, children, children of Israel and they're, they're rebuilding the wall. Mm-hmm. They were really excited in the beginning. Mm-hmm. 25 days later, they're experiencing all kinds of That's right. difficulties coming back at them from the sand ba- ballots, the Tobias, That's the right. Geshams, you mm-hmm. know, the people that were the naysayers, the ones that want to take you off of what you're doing. That's, That's right. so very, very valuable. And, and they're trying to pull you away, have, mm-hmm. have a conversation with us. Mm-hmm. And they're speaking words of death and words mm-hmm. of, uh, of doubt. And, and they're talking about you to other people and right. trying to undermine what your heart is to do. And mm-hmm. Nehemiah so wisely said, why should I come down and talk to you? That's right. Why should in any way I depart from this very important thing that God's called Amen. me to? And then he had to go back and tell the people, okay, we we, we got rubble. We put the, the, the wall down. Now we're half high. Mm-hmm. Remember the vision. That's right. You know? That's and, right. and so that what that vision is, is really the preferred reality. Yes. What is God's preferred reality for Indiana? Mm -hmm. What's God's preferred reality for Indiana families? Mm -hmm. What is it for your, you know, your life? That's right. And, and instead of believing everything, you know, we just had a guest on that was talking about how, you know, with the pro-life thing, are we going to, people are going to speak against us and say, don't come to Indiana and we'll boycott you. And he says, well, what if we could show leadership Yes. to say we will do things in a righteous and honorable way. Mm-hmm. And really what he was getting at was come see the blessing of God on Indiana. That's right. You know, That's I don't care. Right. Boycott the crap out of us and watch God bless us even more. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. I love that because when we came in, you know, Nehemiah goes out and he looks at the different parts of the wall that have been broken down. And um, the Lord brought me in right during SB1, right? Yeah. During all the we, crazy. That's remember, where we met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we saw you on the, the yeah, stairs there. Yep, yeah. yep. I was there. And when I when I went up to the state house, right, I was there because um, I had heard from Moody Bible Radio that someone had gone on, they were uh, speaking about revival that was taking place at the state house. And um, so I went up there because um, my assistant had contacted this person and they had said, sure, we'll come, we'll talk to you about this. So I went up to talk about revival. And when I got there, that is not the conversation that I had. Um, instead, I was, I was at lunch and I met with this person that represents uh, 
people at the state house that are seeking the Lord, this woman. And, um, and we sat there and I began to talk about the pro-life community. And I talked about how the Lord had put on my heart this vision to go into Planned Parenthoods that have been permanently closed and to occupy that space and to turn them into growth centers so that women could come and be educated so they wouldn't just be saving life but raising life. And he put in my heart, I will turn graves into gardens. Amen. And so as he gave me that vision, I began to communicate that vision that we need to do this as a church body. And, and wouldn't you know, IUPUI has a program. I've talked to the program director. It's a year long. It's $8,500. And you can go through that entire program, work from home. And when you're done, you can come out making up to 55000 a year working from your home, right? And so this is a program that, that women could go through and they could be able to then stay at home with their children. And so I, I was so excited about this and I'm explaining it. And then I'm talking about the calling to be governor, all these things. And, and this person says to me, you know, I want to know exactly what your intentions are with pro-life. And I said, oh, well, I'm a conservative. I'm for life. And she said, um, well, what side are you on? And I said, I'm a conservative. I'm for life. I don't know what you're saying, yeah, yeah. you know? And um, she said, well, you know, she began to talk about, you know, are you going to, are you going to wish that women would go to jail? Are you going to do this? Are you going to, are you saying no exceptions? Is that where you stand? No exceptions. I said, God is the God of life. Mm -hmm. You need to understand if you take a pro-life position that you aren't taking a pro-life position because you think it sounds good. You're taking a pro-life position because you understand that God is the God of life. Mm. It's good. That's where the conversation ends. And so I said to her, I don't speak about taking life because I don't have the power to give it. I support what God says, and God is a God of life, mm. and that means all life. And she said to me, she slammed her hand down on the table, and she said, you will never see abortion outlawed in the state of Indiana. Mm. Wow. And it got, it got a little tense. <laughs> Believe it or not, we were in Panera. I don't know what it is about Panera. <laughs> I want to start world? following you to Panera because it just like, sounds like a good time. <laughs> hey, they've got a great deal at Panera. I could totally, I could do a plug right now. I'm uh, just FYI, Jamie owns stock in Panera. I do not so, own uh, stock in Panera. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so there we are and it's tense. I've got like two assistants that day, so two witnesses. And um, it gets pretty tense in the moment. And I just looked at her and I said, um, you know what? You are talking politics. And I am talking revival. Yeah. And those are two different conversations. And so what I bring to the churches of the state of Indiana is I speak to you, you who are pastors, and I tell you as under shepherds that now is the time to rise up. And if you don't, the flock will go around you. It's mm, good. Because she is the bride of Christ. And during COVID, she put on rags. But the Holy Spirit is removing those rags and removing those grave clothes and setting her free again. Mm. And so she will rise up. So you can be the leaders that God has called you to be, and you can stand as you are required to stand, or the bride of Christ will go around you. I heard a prophetic word uh, about a year ago that kind of goes in line with that. And the word was that God is raising the patriots to the pulpits, and he's sitting the pastors down in the pews. 
because the pastors are not being the the shepherds that they're being called to do. And so he's he's raising up in America patriots that would actually lead the people in godly truth and righteousness. And patriots a lot of times are not looking to be the pastors. They're not saying I but God is saying like in the in the case of like Peter, you know, I'm going to use you because you're you you've got a you've got a will that will follow me. You're strong. You, you'll, you're stubborn. You know, patriots are pretty stubborn. I don't know if you've ever been around a group of patriots. They are stubborn. And, and, but the Lord can take that and he can use it mightily when fighting back what the enemy is trying to do in America to the, to, to the, to the people. Right. And so, so I think, you know, what, what, that's a great word to say, pastors, you know, stand up, get like, get engaged that there's this vision of, uh, and and sorry not to cut you off, Nathan, but the uh, 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 Top Gun, you know, a great movie, great, mm-hmm. and, and and Maverick was awesome too. But go back to the eighties, Top Gun. One of the 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 scenes of that movie that just keeps resonating with me is that moment at the end when when Ice is in this dogfight and Maverick comes to mm. his to his aid. Well, he begins to have this fear come over him. Mm-hmm. It's all fear. Mm-hmm. And he and he abandons. He 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 leaves his wingman. Yes. And Ice is yelling at him. He's like, "Get in, get back in the fight, Maverick! Don't abandon me, Maverick! Don't abandon me!" And uh, and Ma- Maverick's having this like fear panic attack. He says, "Guys, speak to me, Goose! Speak to me, right? Yep, you know." Yep. And and finally, he shakes off the fear. Yes. And he reengages, and him and Ice are able to win the battle, right? And I felt like the Lord said to me, "That's where the church is right now. You're they're in the moment of this panic attack, and they're saying, "Speak to me, Lord! Speak mm-hmm. to me, Lord!" And, yes. And there's people in the fight right now like yourself or, or Nathan and I, and there's good people. We're calling the church. We're saying, engage, right. yes. get in this yes. fight. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the, the, the bride is saying, oh no, speak to me, speak to me, Lord. And the Lord, I think, is going to do what happened in that movie. He's, get, he's waking the church up right. to actually engage in this fight. Yes. I think, I think that's, that's super good to think about the fact that, you know, we are called as, as pastors to be watchmen on the wall. Mm. And if the watchman see the enemy coming and they do not call out mm. the death of the citizens is on the watchman mm. so the, their blood is on right. their hands yeah. right the word. Mm-hmm. and and yet if you are a watchman and you call out and the people don't respond then the blood is on their own heads That's exactly right what the word says yeah but but we have to see ourselves as you 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 can't you can't stay in the mushy middle here. No. You are going to have to take your stand. Absolutely. And it takes you being, to be honest, to be clothed in Christ yes. to take your stand. Yes. God God never called you to be a coward. Mm-hmm. God never called you to, to be able to satisfy every person. You can't satisfy every person. Right. You have only one. That That's matters. Right. That's right. Is is before the Lord? Are you doing what He's called you to do? And it doesn't matter whether you win, lose, or die. Mm-hmm. It's did you were you faithful? Yes. And it's not how many are in your church. Mm-hmm. It's are you leading them according to what the Lord has said? Right. And the watchman needs there. There's some pastors they need to sit down mm-hmm. because they won't stand up in their calling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're, they're technically, they're already sitting down. I think that's the problem. Well, well they might have actually th- th- thrown the covers over their heads. Yeah, that's right. And have yeah. their thumb in their mouth. Well, because it and and when you think about as Christians, we are told in His Word that we're given power, love, and a sound mind. That's right. 
right? So if we're operating in fear, the Bible says that fear torments the soul. So right. we, we, we don't want to do that. It also says in Hebrews, right, that without faith, it's impossible to please God. That's right. So our faith actually pleases the Lord. And so, you know, I was, I, I homeschool my kids and um, I live in a, a wonderful neighborhood. And, and I was just, I was thinking about, you know, my kids go through their schooling and I know every single thing that they're learning. But I thought as I watched uh, COVID take place, uh, how many parents didn't have the time to sit with their children and, and say, like, are you learning this, right? How many parents have found out in the last three years, right, the silver lining of COVID was that some parents actually did have time to look at what they were learning. When they saw what they were learning, they were shocked. What are you teaching our children? In the state of Indiana, by the way, you cannot move and point that finger anywhere else. It happens here. And as that's going on in education, which is one of the centerpieces of our campaign. As that's taking place, our children, the children of our state, of our nation, are on the battle lines. Mm. And the enemy is taking shots at our children. Do you hear me, church? It's no longer up to man to come and help. Man can't help now. We aren't battling against man. We are battling against powers and principalities. And so the bride of Christ must stand. The children have been targeted. God will not allow that. He's already stirred in the bride. He brought Roe v. Wade. It's already moved. It shouldn't have even been a problem in the first place. It was a judgment by the court. But he clarified it for everybody. They overturned Roe v. Wade. That should have been a time where we were rejoicing. Where were we, church? I heard some churches speaking out against it, or some churches were silent. Not everybody's happy about this today. It's like, you know what it is? It's like in the um, Old Testament when they are rebuilding the new temple. Yeah. Right? And what does it say when the temple's finished? It says that there were those that were mourning. Mm. Because they knew what the old temple looked like, <laughs> right? And that's what's happening right now. Yeah. There are so many Christians that don't want to move forward in what God's called them to do because they're so busy looking backwards and saying, oh, but I remember when. I remember when it looked like that. Well, that's not what you're called to. You're called to right now. Yeah. Right now is the time. And so we look at what God is doing right now. We look at how God is preparing our children right now how he's prepared and equipped us right now. What I love is when we talk to pastors, so those that want to get involved, we encourage them. Like, look, we're here to come alongside you. We even have an arm in our campaign that's like arm's length away. It's like a, a, a ways away from, from the process because we understand that there's that little gap that people are kind of concerned about getting super involved in politics. So we're easing our way in. And we have a group that is just dedicated to speaking to pastors to encouraging you in the word, right? Talking about the gates that go around the wall, right? Religion, business, government, media, family, education, entertainment, medical. We're not playing around. Mm. Like we, we are here to say the bride needs to be making an impact in all of these areas. And we're here, we're here to help lead you in how to do that by the grace of God. The seven, so it's exciting. The seven mountains, right? The seven mountains. You are correct. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, well, so... I think the conviction, we can see that, right, Nathan? Like I can see, you can see this in Jamie. She's certainly got the conviction. She's got the calling. Uh, now, 
you know, playing the uh, part of the knowing the game and the system. I think most people are going to look at Jamie right away and they're going to say, yeah, that's great. Uh, how many politicians have I heard say God wants me to run, right? Like, and we hear that all the time. God wants me to run. God, And it, it really kind of honestly kind of annoys me when I hear a politician mm, say yeah, that because sure. I think so many politicians are just using that for their own self self gain. And, you, and I think in the case of Jamie, you can obviously see that it is truly a calling from the Lord to do this. But the question that I have for you, Jamie, it is hard to run a campaign. Like even if you're running for <laughs> even if you're running for city council, right? There is there's strategy, there is there is teams, there's delegation, there is there's there's financing, there's all of these issues that come into play when you're running a campaign. I ran a congressional race. Mm-hmm. A congressional race is only eight counties in, in the fifth district, it was eight counties. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in your case, you got ninety-two counties yes. that you get to go to. And so I'm thinking to myself, how are you pulling this off? How are you bringing your team together? What can people listening to you today, what can they know about you? Where can they go to help if they're, if they're feeling the, this, this resonate within their own heart? God is obviously not calling just you to do this. He's bringing a call upon a lot of people to get into this. And it's not about Jamie. It's about what God's That's doing. Right. And, and how could, what, tell us a little bit about that strategy sure. piece now. Because you need, just to get on the ballot, just so the listeners know this, and Jamie already knows this, but mm-hmm. just, just so listeners know, that, know this, just getting on the ballot for the 2024 primary is going to be a massive hurdle. You're going to have to get 500 signatures from each congressional uh, district. There's nine congressional districts. It's 4,500 signatures from 92 counties. When you get a signature from a certain county, if you have 20 signatures from this one county, they have to be taken in a to- in a window of time, not very long, to the county clerk's office. They have to verify it. Then it has to be picked up by somebody on your team, and then you've got to drive it all, all of them down from the 92 counties to the Secretary of State's office. They verify that the county clerks have verified these signatures, and that just gets you on the ballot that just to be able to run in the Republican primary. So I'm letting everybody know that even running is a hurdle. So what are you doing to, like, to, to make this come to fruition? Because I think a lot of people would love to vote for you uh, come May. Yeah, so what we do is we say um, it's not even time to talk about voting. We say it's time to put your feet to action, right? And so um, our campaign has two arms. We operate in the spiritual from the standpoint of um, making sure that we are getting out the Rebuild, Revive, Rejoice message and walking in the spirit and fanning the flames of revival by the grace of God. And so it's very important to us that we don't get in the way of that. Um, but we do have another plan. That plan is very strategic. And I'm, <laughs> I'm going to upset Micah when I say this, um, but I'm, I'm totally not going to say that on the, on the That's air. Right. <laughs> How dare I, you? I'm, I'm How dare you gonna, keep strategic secrets? I'm not uh, going to do that. Um, <laughs> but I will, I will tell the body of Christ um, that you can go on our website, you can join our team, and oh, how we would love to tell you what the strategy is because it will work. It's awesome. It's, I love it. And we have churches in every county. Yep. We do. Right? If 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 simply pastors would step up and say, How can we help? Oh yeah. Right? Yeah, sure. Once a pastor awesome. puts his puts his name out there that you know, or, or her name out there to say, Hey, we, we want to be a part, what can we do? Yes. You know, people will follow you. Yes. And and you have to you have to ask yourself at what point will you Will you get in the game? That's right. And that's really what we're doing right now. It isn't all about me. If 
I, I know that I'm called for the the first four years. I haven't had another word from the Lord that said it will be too. So to be, you know, very, very um, honest with the people of Indiana, my role is to come in, is to plant the vision that the Lord has given for the state of Indiana. It's to oversee the executive. It's to report on the General Assembly. It's to make sure that you understand in the areas where the governor has got their hand like education, um, that we are moving in a manner that is meant to strengthen the families of the state of Indiana. And the role that I have, though, and, and I want to be so, this is so important for people to understand because people come to me and they, you know, they want to say, are you going to do this? Do you stand here on this? And, and there's all these, um, I don't want to call them conspiracy theories, but there's a lot of stuff out there, okay? This is what people need to know. Like, I'm not the answer, I'm a part of the answer. You're we the people. In the United States of America, you are the answer. You are we the people. The governor answers to you. And so when you put a person in that role, you need to ask yourself a question. Do you think they are answering to we the people? Or are they working for the system? I don't work for the system. I'm here to serve the people of Indiana. And so my role is to come in and to leave that office with we the people having more of her government than she has ever had before. I am there to unwind whatever should not be there. But I have to do that carefully, right? Because um, I was thinking about, Mike is always talking about movies. And... Um, <laughs> I know because I've, I, my husband and I totally have watched some of his sermons. Um, and so, so like, I'll I feel take like I'm you being to, stalked right yeah, now, right, you know? right. I'll take you to like Lord of the Rings, right? Ah, that's, Lord of the Rings. Nate, that's so Nathan. Come on. Oh, I love that you just did that. Go ahead. Okay. So Lord of the Rings, right? They have this ring and, and Frodo's the only one that can wear it. But what happens at the end of the journey, right? He, he is, completely overcome with his desire for power. Mm -hmm. The freedom of America is fragile. It's fragile because we've created a system in America where people think they can actually hold it. Politicians actually believe that they can hold your freedom, that they can say where it goes and where it does not go. And so my role, what I take very seriously as, as I build the campaign out, right, we build in three different ways. We have Rebuild, Revive, Rejoice, which speaks to the spiritual. And then we have our policy teams that go in and they study everything that's taking place in the state. And they say, this is righteous and this is not. And we need to change this. And then I have a whole nother leg that deals with the mobilization of the entire state, getting everyone on the ground moving, um, and that plan is just exciting. But I, I want to say, you know, if, if you are asking, you know, how to pray, well, pray for, pray the spirit would move. Pray, pray that people would receive the vision, right? But also pray for wisdom and humility because I don't want people thinking that my role is to go in and to do anything other than relay the message that you are we the people, that you must be involved in your government, that you must be saying what it is that you want your government to do and be. If I go in there and I just have this desire to change everything the way I want it changed, I'm just another version of them with a holy covering. 
I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in government being ran the way that it was supposed to be ran by we the people. And so it is our role to express ourselves through the way that we elect people. So what you need to ask yourself is one, are the people we are electing representative of you and your family? And two, how do I play a role? Because the teams that we're putting together right now are not just teams that are going to be a part of voting. They're teams that are going to be a part of the solution on the other side. You know, when you think about um, weddings, you think about people that are preparing for their wedding. Like young people come to you and they're all excited. Oh, I'm going to get married, you know, and it's like awesome. And they're planning. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to have sex. That's <laughs> of course what, I'm going to have to say that. <laughs> You knew he was going to oh, say come that. On. Every one of you knew. This is called Jesus, Sex, and Politics. We had to get that Young in there. Young people you know? are actually praying that the return of the Lord is delayed until after they get married. <laughs> I prayed, so I prayed that. I'm not going to lie. I prayed that. It's like, Lord, I want you to come back soon, but wait until I can get married. Days, God, just wait 40 days. <laughs> I told, That's my fault. I know all of you guys that are listening are like, okay, Jamie, you walked that's right. right into that. You did. Yes, you I did. You did. That's right. I did. I did just do that. But as you know, the wedding day can be so expensive, right? So whenever people come to me, I'm like, I don't know if I would spend $40,000 on four hours. That's right. Right? What a terrible idea. <laughs> what? what? I mean, maybe don't do One that. One day. I mean, yeah, yeah. But you know, we all, we all think that way because that's kind of how we've been raised. But it's like $40,000 for four hours. What happens when the day is over? When you've planned everything for the day, but Save you're, the money. you're like, you're like, what did we just do? Right. There, you're going to, it's true. There's so many couples that that first year of marriage is like super, super difficult. Why? Because they plan for the wedding day and not the marriage. Yeah. yeah that's good. good. That's very good. What we do is we are planning for the marriage. Yeah. We don't just bring our teams together to strategize on how we get 500 signatures. We're way past that. Yeah. That's We're great. way past that. Jamie, you brought up the... The Lord of the Rings thing, so I feel oh, compelled that I need. Yeah. To. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Pastor Nathan, and I want to talk about the Lord of the Rings now. Uh, I have so, to do it properly <laughs> since Micah so improperly uses the references. Here we go. But you br- you brought it down to the very end where where Frodo has sure. the ring and he can't control it, even though he has been the most um, capable mm-hmm. to carry it. It has it 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 doesn't have a tremendous power over him, but he's feeling it as he goes on. Just, yes which is humanity, right? right? Mm-hmm. But he gets the end and, uh, and it says that when he loses his power to do it, um, there was the silent power who's been there all along. Mm. And it's, it's God in the Lord of the Rings, yep. right? Eru. Eru. Luvatar. Luvatar. Okay. Right? That's it. It's the God. It's I the, knew. It's, Eru. Eru. Luvatar. Not Luvatar. <laughs> anyway, it says that the very, um, if you if you know the story, it's when it's when Frodo all of a sudden and 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 Gollum then get into a fight. Yep. And it's not what they intended mm-hmm. to have happened at that final moment, right? But but it says that that God was in the whole thing. Yes. Right. How many of our stories in the Bible have the enemy taken out the enemy? Mm. Yeah. Yes. Right. That's right. Have those overcome with with you know idolatry fear whatever it That's is right. and they end up attacking themselves absolutely and and god works a miracle mm-hmm. you know in in the story of the lord of the rings there's places where god moves very sovereignly mm-hmm. and you can see it mm-hmm. out, out you know 
very, um, you know, very clearly. Mm -hmm. But as the story goes on, he's he's working the hand of providence. Yes. You just so happen to need somebody, and here they are. That's right. You just so happen to be here, and you have a word Mm -hmm. of direction or a gift that comes into play Mm -hmm. when you needed that gift. That's right. Right? And so, you know, even... As a person who's experienced the calling of God, mm-hmm. we have lots of people who are the naysayers, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe some of our listeners might be out there going, yeah, I don't, I don't buy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, the, the Lord told me I was going to marry a girl when she looked at me like her brother. Mm-hmm. It was worse than being friend zoned. <laughs> it was brother zoned, right? <laughs> and yet the Lord told me, don't quit. You have to go fight, mm-hmm. go Go take possession of it, right? And <laughs> oh, so now she's she's a possession. Oh, she's for a you possession. <laughs> Absolutely, I own her. She owns me. Um, but but the point. How many was, times? How many times? Nine did you... times she turned me down. Wow. Wow. But the po- the point was wow. is that I had lots of people at Bible college making fun of me. I mean, fellow Christians, you you say the Lord told me, and sometimes the very first people to mock you are Christians. Oh yeah, right. Sure. And you go. Yeah, the only the only thing I'm thinking is she's walking down the aisle. <laughs> Besides how beautiful and I can't, you know, I'm so grateful. But I'm thinking to myself, who's laughing now? You know. And, uh, and another thing you were thinking. Come on. Oh no. yeah. But, and, and, but you know, I I had another word in my life when I was 26 years old. Took till mm-hmm. I was 39 years old till God till God brought it around. But what people will do with the call of God is, and 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 callings in general is they'll just they'll have a wait and see type mentality. But some people will come beside you and say, "I really believe that that is the Lord. How can I how can I be involved?" Yeah, and, good. and you can't you can't always get there on your own. Mm-hmm. You need you you really realize that we're better together. I mean, the the power yes. of the church is that one member cannot do it all. That's mm-hmm. right. But there are many members, and we need every member. Yes. You know, and, yes. and, and we go forward together. It's not, you know, the we the people is is not because we're all wise. Yes. It's that we want to take the stewardship of our vote, mm-hmm. the stewardship of what God has entrusted to us as Americans, mm-hmm. and say, am I doing with my stewardship what you want for your kingdom to look like? And That's for right. your will to be done mm-hmm. in this world. That's right. The question is goes back to, are we on God's side? Mm-hmm. And if we mm-hmm. are, what will you do with your time here on the earth? Mm-hmm. You know, will you be able to say, I stood up for what my king was for? Yeah. Amen. In the uh, height of the Civil War, uh, Abraham Lincoln met with a group of pastors. And the pastor said, Mr. President, let us pray that God is on our side. And Abraham Lincoln, being as wise as he was, says, no, gentlemen, let us pray that we are on God's side. Amen. And that's I think right. that's the that's the heart of a of a godly leader. It's not that's what right. it's not my side or their side. It's it's God's side. That's absolutely. Yeah. Right. You, you may not look when you're picking leaders. Don't don't pick leaders who give you what you want. You know, pick pick leaders that will tell you what they believe mm. and are firm to tell you where that belief comes from, and. You know, when they are rooted and it's not a political finger in the wind, but it is conviction, this is what I believe. Ronald Reagan could do that. You might have not liked Ronald Reagan, but you knew where he stood. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
Maria Davis is literally looking through the the window. We got to explain this real quick because we have Maria here and every, every podcast. She's like, you guys are going way too long. I want you to know right now, Maria. Oh, there's a reason. What's going on? Because I, I have another appointment. Oh, you have another. (laughs) Okay. So, so we are going to wrap this up here. We're about 59 minutes and 13 seconds into this 59 minutes in the grand scheme of eternity is very short. It is like a breath of, (laughs) you know, it is a a total joy to have you you here. Where can people go to uh, sign up to help, to get involved if they, they like what they hear? Yep. Go to Jamie, J A M I E and the number four I N Dot gov. So Jamie for in.gov awesome. and that's our website and we'd love to have you guys. We'd love to explain more of what's going on. We'll come out in May of here in 2023 with our platforms, uh, namely education. Um, but we'll continue to encourage as well the Rebuild, Revive, Rejoice. So thanks for having me today. Oh, man, it was awesome. Total joy. Yes, very, very uh, honored that you'd sit down with us and uh, love what God's doing in your heart and how he's using you. So, yeah, I mean, praise anytime Lord. people ask me about you, they say, Can tell, us, tell us one thing about this Jamie Rittenauer, Rittenauer girl and uh, lady uh, running for <laughs> uh, running for office for governor. I say, well, I can tell you this much. She loves the Lord with her whole heart. I can say that's, you know, without a doubt, uh, true. So, Hey, let me pray for you. Yeah. Heavenly father, Lord, we thank you for Jamie. God, we thank you for what you've placed in her heart to do. Lord, uh, the whole matter of your will is, is one where we say, Lord, do we want your will to be done in this world? Mm -hmm. And Lord, I pray that you would call people to, to stand up and to do what you've called them to do because all of our callings are inner, interwoven, in, in, in seeing what you want in this world to happen. I pray that you would strengthen her. I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to her. God, have your way in all things. Mm. Encourage her. Encourage her team. Father, bring the right gifts and, and, and people around her. And, uh, and Lord, use her for, for what your purpose is. Mm-hmm. May your will be done. Bless her mightily. Bless her kids. Bless her husband as they all walk through this together yes. and and uh, go before her and surround her in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Let me do this one correction. It's yeah. jamieforingov.com. I oh. said .gov. That has not happened yet. <laughs> I just want to make that I should have caught that. I should have caught that. jamieforingov.com. There you go. You're just speaking prophetically yeah. that it's going to be a government <laughs> office here soon. So that's awesome. I love it. Uh, hey, Nathan, I got a question for you as we yeah. uh, wrap up. Yeah. So, uh, okay, so... Frodo and Gollum came together at the last moment there. Where was Darth Vader in that when he said, didn't he say that I'm not your father or something, or I am your father in that he moment? Was throwing the emperor off of a <laughs> precipice. I think that's what that happened. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, Maria's going to kill Nathan. So we got to wrap this thing up. It's, it's been really GSX. Like <laughs> it's been GSX and politics. Listen to us next time, wherever you find your podcasts.